And there was a big contrast between who I believed I was becoming and who I wanted to be versus who I was showing up with, you know, especially after five o'clock, you know, <laughs> like, and, and that started to create some real strain in my relationships, uh, uh, personally, as well as professionally. And eventually got to a point where I, I was, oh man, I was consuming a lot of alcohol. It was my primary go-to for dealing with the overwhelm and stress. And, and I justified that all the time. And, and it led to some other poor choices and even promiscuity, you know, and, and not being completely faithful to my wife. And, and, I'm, and I'm, there's still some shame there. Okay. Even though I'm like 13 years almost removed from that, it's still there. Right. And, but that one day that I talked about in the TED talk, and I won't go too far down the rabbit hole here, but I'll save that for people that want maybe to watch that. Um, but it came to a halt where my wife, you know, she confronted me in a very big and dramatic way and, and sat me down and we started talking about what could life look like for us to co-parent our kids separately. What story are you telling? Whether you're intentional about it or not, you have an audience and they think in story. The Doug Thompson podcast features diverse storytellers sharing their practical tips for telling the story they need others to envision and trust in order to take a new action. Here's your host, Doug Thompson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doug Thompson podcast. <laughs> My guest is doing hand gestures in the background trying to distract me, but I'm a professional podcaster. I don't let that stop me from going on. Die, man. <laughs> Doc Manuel, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Doug. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here and, and really honored for the opportunity for us to connect and and hopefully instill a little bit of clarity and confidence in those that are listening or watching and and, and sort of see where that goes. We all could use a little bit more clarity and confidence. You know, that's uh, that's something I strive for every day. I do a little meditation in the morning and and uh, feel really good after a nap in the afternoon. So. <laughs> I'm the same way. I love, man, I love my afternoon naps. Yeah. You know, I, I, a, I don't get as many of them as I like, yeah. but man, when I get them, whoo. Yeah. Being a parent, you. being a parent does that unless you nap when your kids yeah. nap anymore. So anyway, so did I tell, tell my audience about yourself? Oh, wow. Well, well, uh, listen, I'm on my 45th lap around the sun. Uh, so yeah, 45 years and counting. And in those 45 years, man, I've uh, made a lot of mistakes and uh, also done a lot of cool stuff, you know, but uh, I like to say I've learned from those mistakes and challenges. And at the end of the day, it's just my story. It's what's got me here. I, I, I don't, as much as going through some of those challenges at times are like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be here. Uh, I have to remember it's all because of those that I am who I am today. And it's also what's provided opportunities in my life. And, and I know it's an interesting perspective to say that, but in 45 years, I've, I've learned to accept that. That's my, my lot in life. And, and I'm okay with that. And here's the cool thing. You know, I, I've been uh, dating my wife now for 22 years, or we're in our 22nd year and got two teenage girls. They're, they're soon to be 17 and 19. And, and then on top of that, I've, I've built and scaled some businesses and, and uh, well, you know, just, try to make an impact in people's lives. My entire adult life, for since I was 17 years old, I've been working as a coach or a mentor in some capacity. And uh, it's absolutely what I love to do. You know, I just love to do that. Well, I, I can tell there's a passion in your voice. So that's, congratulations on that. I'm, uh, I was like 17, I think, when you started your first lap around the world. 
<laughs> so I, I'd already I'd already perfected the mistake making by that time, but um, you know it, it is it, you hit upon a couple things that, and this is what makes a great you know the story of life should be you go out you make a mistake you learn from the mistake and you're better the next time, and I, too many people especially now with the fear of uncertainty and stuff that's going around, some call it playing it safe, but some people you know and 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 a lot of the kids I see in school, um, they're so driven to be, be the best at what they have. You know, I got to be top of the class. I got to get these other things. And they don't ever leave room for that mistake. Uh, to them, a mistake is a very crushing experience. And they don't learn the resilience of how do I pick myself up, learn from it, and grow from that. You know, and, and it, it, they turn into adults that repeat the same thing. Yes. Well, I think you said the, the interesting term there, the one that, that always jumps out at me is that resiliency or resilience. You know, you look at us, I mean, human beings, like, I mean, we've been around a little bit, you know? <laughs> Once or <laughs> you know, twice around. Our around. DNA has developed and evolved over, over eons. And, and the cool thing is it's in our DNA, this natural resiliency. And I think we forget that sometimes, you know, we, we do. We forget that it's just part of who we are. It's part of evolution. And, and we do, we have the opportunity to be proactive in that, that, that capacity, you know, we, we can look at the challenges that we face every day and maybe see it. Well, this is going to make me better. I might not enjoy it, but I know when I get through it, I'll be changed. And, 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 and that's, uh, it's kind of exciting though, when you start to think about it that way. And, and, you know, I think what you had, and, you know, I watched your Ted talk and all that. And, you know, clearly before that Ted talk piece, you weren't quite as resilient that came on. You, you you would find it and lose it, find it, lose it. And it sounds like the, the morning you woke up and your wife, you know, was pretty, you know, that was sort of the inflection point at your TED talk that I, did a light bulb go off. I mean, sort of how did that, you know, how did that happen? Well, thank, thanks. Doug. Uh, <laughs> you know, in, in my twenties, yeah. Like, so what's interesting is I've worked in the health industries in lots of different capacities, you know, as a personal trainer, as a coach, as a martial arts instructor. And then eventually one of my iterations was as a, a purveyor of fitness equipment. So I, I sold fitness equipment all over Canada, um, just manufacturing overseas, did e-com nationally. Like, I love that space. I didn't come to health and fitness naturally, though. I actually came from the opposite. I was morbidly obese as a teenager. And, uh, and I won't go into all that, but I, I got really good at transformation. Uh, it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. And it took about two years for me to realize my new regained health. You know, from age 15 to 17, I went through some massive shifts, um, especially building a lot of knowledge. You know, like we talk about wisdom and wisdom is what? Knowledge and action. And, and for me, it was learning how to move my body to produce certain results, but also learning how to nourish my body to thrive rather than at that point I was eating to survive you know a lot of self-medication was happening with the food choices i was making it's not really surviving at that point it's sort of a panacea to make you feel better i think (laughs) the choices that you made right i've made a lot of those too so that's and you know it's not uncommon i think a lot of us learn to cope with certain stresses and overwhelm and depression and anxiety and we can throw out all these different sort of uh, you know, negative connotations, <laughs> or at least, our, we're, you know, there's negative perspectives on those terms. And I mean, rightly so. I mean, it's not not easy stuff to deal with, especially if it's chronic. And, but, you know, if, if we really truly accept the fact that we are resilient, th- there's some confidence and reassurance in knowing that, you know what, I can handle this, you know, and maybe I can't handle it on my own, but maybe there's some people I can align with to support me through this. 
as a man who identifies as a man, I know it's always important to say that. My 19 year old <laughs> daughter reminds me to say that. Uh, it's, it's, you know, for me as a, as, as a man, like I look at some of my early mentors and, and, and people that I looked up to as, especially from that 17 into my early 30s, there were certain behaviors and certain ways of being that were role model to me. And, and to be completely fair, Doug, you know, the results that I was producing in my life at those times, professionally, amazing. But on the personal side, ee, you know, there was room for improvement, okay? <laughs> and what I mean by that was I switched food. That was my way of, of dealing with some of that stress, the overwhelm, especially my anxiety, you know, it made me feel better in the moment, especially sugary foods, playing video games, watching movies. Like it was, that was what I did to make myself feel better. Eventually, I learned how I could use fitness to make myself feel better and more confident, but also just felt better as, as a whole. But I still had the anxiety, I still had some stress and depression and just not healthy ways of dealing with that. And, and so what was role model to me was have a couple drinks. You know, have a couple drinks. It'll be good. And, and you know what? It was good. <laughs> I mean, it was like I, I became a different guy and I had the nickname. Oh, it's fun guy die. Yeah. Fun guy die. You know, and, <laughs> and that moniker stuck because it became more of the prominent version of me. And it was really challenging because I know I, I think we all have certain perspective of who we believe we are, or at least who we're becoming. And there was a big contrast between who I believed I was becoming and who I wanted to be versus who I was showing up with, you know, especially after five o'clock, you know, <laughs> like, and, and that started to create some real strain in my relationships, uh, uh, personally, as well as professionally, and eventually got to a point where I, I was, oh, man, I was consuming a lot of alcohol. It was my primary go-to for dealing with the overwhelming stress, and, and I justified that all the time, and, and it led to some other poor choices and even promiscuity, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and not being completely faithful to my wife. And, and, I'm, and I'm, there's still some shame there. Okay. Even though I'm like 13 years almost removed from that, it's still there. Right. And, but that one day that I talked about in the Ted talk, and I won't go too far down the rabbit hole here, but I'll save that for people that want maybe to watch that. Um, but it came to a halt where my wife, you know, she confronted me in a very big and dramatic way and, and sat me down and we started talking about what could life look like for us to co-parent our kids separately. Yeah. Wow. My daughters were under the ages of six at the time, actually about four and six. And, uh, you know, this is that moment where I realized, you know, this life that I'd worked to this point, you know, at this point I was like 32, almost 33. And I'm like, you know, I, I, this is not what I want right now. Like I want my family. That is one of my core values, but even though I wasn't acting as such, right. And lo and behold, you know, she, she sat me down and she asked me a question, Doug. And this one question, I don't care who you are, but I believe that this question can be reiterated to ourselves at any time or place to help us get a lot of clarity and confidence in either a new direction or a redirection. <laughs> and that question was, Die, are you being the type of man that you would want to marry your daughters? Yeah. I have two daughters. I can appreciate that oh, question. Oh, <laughs> Doug, you totally get this. Thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. hello. I mean, that question at that moment, and yeah, I, I'm not trying to be funny, but there is a pun here, but it was a sobering moment, right? Like it was full on. And, and in that moment, I realized that me as someone that had worked in sales most of my life, 
I've always been really good at handling objections, okay? <laughs> and I couldn't defend it myself. I couldn't, I, I knew she was absolutely right. And that was even, that was the, 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 the hardest thing to take in was the fact that she was absolutely correct. And I was not showing up as the kind of person that I'd want my daughters to get close to. And, and this is what I was wrong on. This is what I was saying. This is what a man's like. This is what a business owner's like. This is what a husband's like. This is what a brother's like. This is what a son's like. Like that's how I was showing up. And, and there was some big conflict inconsistency. And, uh, that moment I made a commitment to my family. I'm going to go one year, no drinking, just one year. And what I realized, Doug, in those first couple of months was this is freaking hard. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, to go from, 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 you know, do a full 180, uh, or as I say, cold Turkey, like it's, I didn't realize how much of a crutch alcohol had become in my life. And I realized I couldn't do it on my own. I couldn't now up to that point, you know, asking for help, being vulnerable, like, yeah, no, no, that's, that's I, I mean, unacceptable. That right? I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know how you feel about this, Doug, but I mean, even in your own life. Well, I mean, so there was a time I felt that that was yeah. weakness and a bad thing, and that's not what a man did, right? There was that time you rub some dirt on it, you get up, you get back in the yeah. game. And, and and now I'm, you know, I'm at the point that luckily that I realized too that, that help is not a four-letter word. Um, and it, it, to a certain extent, if you don't ask for help, then you're actually cheating that person your wife, your, you know, whoever, your, your coach or whoever, you're actually cheating them of the opportunity to really change lives and do something and grow themselves. I mean, that's my sort of deep philosophy about it, but. Can, can I ask you, Doug, like for you, you know, thank you for, for saying that by the way. And, 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 you know, uh, I, I wanted to ask you, like, can you remember where the belief around vulnerability stem from like where it started like can you remember some of the earliest times when you were either told hey suck it up buttercup you know like do you do you remember those moments like can you remember when that opinion was formed because i i know i just constantly think about it in this moments right where i'm like that is when it happened it was that guy at that party you know yeah. like, i i you know, you know I'm it's curious I think it was a conglomeration. I mean there's no no one moment stood out you know you're, you're playing sports literally growing up you know the coaches you know like I said, rub some dirt on it, get back in the game, go to do that. There's, there's no crying in baseball to quote <laughs> a Tom Hanks movie. But th there was a lot of that stuff that just sort of over time, that's what you were. And you can watch, like I said, role models. You watch John Wayne. You never saw him cry anywhere doing anything. So it was just an assumption that never really had anybody explain that this was, you know, this was normal and you should. Not that I needed a counselor or anything, but there's there wasn't a lot of opportunities when I grew up to sort of, or safe spaces if to use today's vernacular, where you could do that. You know, and, and I can't, I, you know, it's a great question. I can't point to one single thing, just sort of a, a, a collection of things. It was an environment that, that we, that I sort of grew up in. And I, I think that's interesting because there is, that's the age old debate, right? Nurture versus nature. And, uh, and I too truly believe that there's a bit of a combination of both to, to some extent, but especially how we're nurtured, you know, what we're raised in. And, and so, you know, in understanding that now, it gives me a different sort of perspective when I reflect on it. I was like, well, you know what? I, I did the best I could with what I had, but I wasn't asking the right questions, you know, like to, to be truthful, I wasn't asking myself, the questions to challenge myself to grow, to evolve. I, I wasn't looking at those, maybe those dark recesses in our home. Like if we think about our life 
as a house, right? Like there's always those nooks and crannies in our house, but that's kind of the dark corner. And, you know, it's kind of awkward to get the vacuum in there to clean it up. You know? And so what do we do? We put a planter there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Well, we walk we by it. We, I'm corner. just not going to look yeah. over there, right? Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, it was sort of that moment when I realized, okay, it's time to illuminate some of these shitty areas in my home, in my life. And, and I needed sobriety to do that, to do it well. And in those first couple months, and this is for anybody that's listening to this, that, that might be relating to what I'm sharing here. Cause I, I think we all get to a point where we're like, gosh, okay, this, these habits are not helping me. They are making life harder, right? Like it, you, you can't disagree with that. When you get to that point of clarity, like my goodness, these habits that I keep doing over and over again, it is not making my life easier. It is definitely making me regress or, or move backwards. You know, we don't feel like we're getting that production or that forward progression. And, and that's really hard, right? Because that's all part of the purpose and fulfillment aspect of our lives too. We like to do things, do things that align with our passions, but we like to see that stuff grow and progress as well, because that makes us feel like we're doing stuff. And here I was at that place where I didn't feel like I was progressing. And I recognized that that was one of the big crutches and reasons why I wasn't progressing. And so, you know, you remove the crutch and you realize, Ooh, I got a limp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a really nasty one. And I got to learn to walk again. And, and this is where I decided to ask for help, you know, and, and I, I did, I found a psychologist. I worked with him for three, almost four months. Uh, I found a relationships counselor that worked with my wife and I, cause our communication was garbage. It was garbage, you know, and on my, my side, because I didn't know how to talk about the serious stuff, the, the sensitive stuff, you know, like I, I, I just didn't, I would shut down or leave. Like that was my, my mode of operando. And to be fair, I learned that from my dad. I learned that habit from my dad. I did actually all the men on the Manuel side, like that's, it was just, it's what I saw all the time, all the time, you know? And, and, uh, and so when I started down this path, you start to realize, holy smokes, I got to unlearn a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then the unlearning, being willing to unlearn. I mean, that's a, yes, that that's true of anything technology, what have you, you know, sometimes you have to unlearn the things to, to move forward, to go on. But I want to come back. So it's, as you were telling me the story, I see, you know, the hero's journey has these arcs and stuff and you were sort of on divergent paths. What your head was telling you you were was one journey, but in reality where you wanted to be was sort of like 180 degrees on the other side of that. (laughs) Right. That's and every right. now and then it sounds like they finally met together at the moment and your wife, you know, we all need, we need, need a wife or a coach or somebody to sort of have that moment to point out what should be obvious. It's obvious to half of us. The other half is not, you know, to the other half of our body that thinks everything's fine. And it's that, it's that timing. It's got to have that one. Cause I've had those things as well. You know, in, in my, when my wife had cancer and you come to some mortality and you realize, that that point in time was tough in that I could not really do anything. I, I, I don't like being helpless. Um, and, and it was like, I, I, I can't do it. She's got to fight this. All I can do is be there and which was important. But for me learning to just simply be there and not try to fix something, which for a male is hard to do. And we always want to fix it. Yes, it is. And I still have that problem today. My wife would tell me something and I won't do it because, well, you didn't ask me, you know, I, or I'll tell her, well, just go fix it. Go do that. And that's not what she wants. I've had to learn that over 40 years of marriage. I I've, <laughs> I still have to remind myself from time to time that, hey, sometimes she I'm just wants to talk. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so, for the tip. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you just have to listen and don't try to fix it, which for me is, is hard because I'm a nerd. I like fixing things and it's unnatural. But, but it's those times 
where you really feel weird or, or for me when I feel weird or that's when you have that awareness that, okay, let's evaluate what's going on. And I think two times either alcohol or food or exercise or whatever, right. To pick your poison that we try to dampen that because we don't want to look in that as you, the house analogy, we don't look in that corner that we can't vacuum. That's exactly right. I mean, well, well said, Doug. And, and also, you know, I can appreciate when we, it, the health challenges that we, we face in our lifetimes, especially those are the ones that are closest to us. Uh, and my father, when he was going through his pancreatic cancer the first time, I remember just being just so afraid, but also at the same time realized, I mean, there's nothing I can do, you know, and that was really hard. And, and it, it was, we were fortunate, you know, he, he had success with the first go with chemo and went into remission. And, but unfortunately, you know, a couple of years later came back and, and there was no recourse in the second time around. But, um, you know, I, I, I often think about the lessons I learned by going through that experience with my dad, though. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think we learn a lot when we're in those dire places. And, and I know it's, it's, it's easy to feel like we want to retreat and run away in those situations. Like that's my typical mode of operando, you know, would be to turn tail and run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and yet because of this journey I've been on over the last 12 years and those changes, subtle, subtle changes, like it didn't all happen overnight. Like, oh, oh yeah. well, I'm still working on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's our me. So when my dad did become ill five years ago, going through it, I was much more present. I was much more aware. I was also much more mindful of myself and how I wanted to remember this when I got through it, you know, cause it's, that's all we have is our memories, right? Like it's super interesting when we really think about that. I mean, yes, we gotta be present right now to what's happening right now, but once we get past now, all we got is the memory of now. So it's like, how do we want to be able to reflect on those choices that we made in the moment? And, and so that's become much more aware for me now by going through this process, by removing some of the crutches but I'll be honest with everybody who asks, you know, like, was it easy? And I'm like, no, it wasn't, but it, it was worth it. And fortunately for me, in order to really sink this in, I recognized I needed to find, as you said earlier, a safe space where I could get around other men that were feeling similar feelings to what I was feeling, meaning that they wanted more, but weren't sure how the heck am I going to go get it? How am I going to grow into this next place? Why am I so nervous or feel weird with these certain types of topics or themes come up in my conversations with the people that matter most to me in my life? Yeah. And that was it, creating a space for guys to come together. And over the last three years, that's what's really been instrumental with me continuing this journey of, of trying to evolve into what I believe is, is the best version of me. Well, and, you know, and, you know, no, yeah. you're right. I mean, it, it is you're the best version of you today. I, yeah, you know, ultimately, and I try to frame, I try to remember this is that if I've improved myself 1%, a half percent over what I was yesterday, then that's going in the right direction. As you say, nothing is overnight fitness, what have you, you know, nothing is overnight. And it's a game of inches. It truly is. Yes. Just, just you got to show up and you got to keep moving forward, no matter how painful it is, no matter, you know, it, it's just, you know, it, today's today. You're going to experience it one way or the other. You can't do anything about it once it's passed. As you said, in, in the memories, did I, was I fighting at this time? Was I pushing forward or did I sort of take the easy way out and lose an opportunity to do something? So I, I think, you know, you, you're, you're to, you remind me of, I'm an editor, you know, I, I, I'm a you know, director of a movie. Now I'm putting it together post-edit, right? How do I want to 
tell that story, you know, I, you can leave some things out, but what do you, what, you know, in this case here, I couldn't leave anything out. There's some things I would have made better choices, I like to think, but all the mistakes that I've made up to this point, and the right choices too, have made me who I am, right? And, and, and I look at that as a blessing that I am here because of everything that's happened in the past. I can't divorce myself from it, which I wouldn't really want to. You know, and it sounds like you 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 take ownership of it. You go on and and uh, you know you try to help other people learn from, not repeat the same mistakes you did. I know that I did with my kids and doing this with my grandkids, but sometimes they also have to learn that the stove's hot, <laughs> and then you yes you know, yes and and, and and letting them experience that. Hopefully, not a life threatening thing, but letting them experience that helps them build that resilience. Now, let's not be so protective of them that we don't want them ever to fail. Because then they don't know how to recover from it. Oh, that's yeah! I love those pearls there. Pearls. Yeah, so. I uh, I appreciate that. And and Doug, what you said something else there? You know that I, I really resonate with. Uh, what, you know, just the sort of concept about the character flaw, right? Like, I mean, being someone that loves storytelling, I mean, we we some of the most memorable characters are often the ones that sometimes are the most flawed. They might be the, the kindest, nicest people, but they have this odd flaw, right? And and yet it's that flaw that actually makes them a more endearing character or protagonist, right? Like it's, it's we really, because it, it's real, <laughs> you know? It's like, because we all got that. There's always this sort of duality in who we are. You know? Yeah. And, and, uh, that's why I was like, like, what side do we show? You that's know? why I was like Bruce Willis movies, because he's this flawed human that rises to the you know occasion. He is that guy that steps up to do what needs to be done, and he's broken, and he's you know he's, he's ungraceful about things and all that. But at the end, of you're rooting for him, and that's we're all sort of that way. If we're if we, I think if we're again the safe space, if we can embrace our flaws, know what they are, and then still move forward because of them, that's that's an impressive thing. I think you know nobody's Fabio. You know we don't have a Fabio on this yes, on the front of these books. That person doesn't exist, right? <laughs> We're still more like Bruce Willis running around in Die Hard. <laughs> That's right, yippee ki yay! Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and, and um, it, it sounds like you use a lot of the stories with your clients and all that, and you've, you've gone for. Yeah. I said you've got a bunch of videos and stuff in your site, which are very powerful. I we'll put all the links in the show notes and all that. But you know, in your you know, I, I appreciate you sharing your, your journey with us and the story of how you're writing. You know, you write it differently every second of the day. You embrace what's there, make good choices, but realize that occasionally you're going to make a bad one. Let's regroup. Let's figure that out. So what's the best way to sort of get in contact with you and, and, and learn more? I mean, cause I would say, you know, I would, uh, I would connect with, you know, die in a heartbeat. He, if you want just to, you know, you're, you, he's the flawed character. Sorry, die, but you are flawed. Uh, <laughs> That everybody Absolutely. needs I to know. know. It, man. Hey, I'll wear that badge. No problem. Yeah, exactly. You and I both. See, my grammar's bad. You and me both. I should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you talking boot? Uh, yeah. You know, let my Canadian come. There you but, go. Uh, you know, it, it's, Doug, I really appreciate what we've talked about today. And, and you know, I love these types of conversations. And, and if there's people out there that like to continue the conversation, I, uh, I'm most active on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And, and the cool thing is, it's just my name. I know it's a weird one. Dai, D-A-I, Manuel, M-A-N-U-E-L. Welsh first name, Portuguese last name, 
but I'm Canadian through and through. So <laughs> a, a little paella in the middle, right? So you got a little paella going on and you're all really yeah, good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but also I have a website that I've been blogging on for, gosh, is it 14? Almost 15 years now and about 1800 articles all geared to supporting people just level up in every area of life. Yeah. And, a lot of free stuff uh, on there. Yeah. It's free. Yeah, it's great stuff. And I appreciate you giving time to my audience and me. You've made me a better person today than I was uh, yesterday. So I want to really appreciate that. And do you have a taster for the smoothies that your wife bought just to make sure she hadn't had second thoughts? I just, I didn't know. <laughs> it's a really green. Okay. Smoothie. Let's just put it that way. Right. I'm, I'm, I, it's like liquid grass. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, and I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm not a foodie. I like to let people know that and I, I eat for fuel. And the cleaner the fuel, the better, but it doesn't always taste good. And, and I know, I, because if I was a foodie, it would taste great. I know that, but I'm like, uh, whatever. I just want to get this down, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm not the best example for, for that, uh, but there are some great people out there that cool. do that. And, All right. Uh, I was like, connect well, with them. <laughs> well, enjoy, enjoy. Yeah. And, and please connect with Thank I. You. You, you won't regret it. He's a great human being and all that. And thanks for, thanks for being on and telling your story. Doug, thank you. And, and really, thank you for creating a place that highlights the stories, but also helps us shine those lights in those dark recesses, but also make, you know, uh, illuminate all of our lives, especially those those lives and lifestyles that we have. And I just want to say thank you. I, yeah. I, I don't know if you hear that enough, but thank uh, you for creating well, a space for well, us thank to you. share these conversations. And I can't wait to have you on my podcast. My pleasure. There. That'd be fun. I, I look forward to that. And now I have to go check a corner of my room because I think there's some dust bunnies. On there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Fair enough. Thanks, Doug.